Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Wanted to say thanks a lot for all the awesome feedback so far. It's been really great. I have a lot of these episodes queued up to go out, but I wanted to jump the queue this week and talk a little bit about something I thought would be fitting for New Year's. It's New Year's Day as I record this. And I wanted to talk about a really practical piece of advice that I think can help level up your game pretty fast, which is the idea of not taking rest rounds. So obviously with the disclaimer, I would just say, obviously we should listen to our bodies and we should, you know, be careful, keep safety in mind. And if you're truly exhausted or if you're truly sleep deprived or if you're nursing an injury or something like that, obviously feel free to take a round off if you're tired. I'm not trying to be crazy about this, but I do think there is a lot that we can gain from finishing all the rounds. And I'm going to make a few cases for this while trying to avoid some of the cliche ones like, oh, it builds gritness or, oh, it builds toughness or, you know, it makes you mentally tougher, which, I mean, I do agree with that stuff too, but I want to kind of approach it from a technical perspective. And, you know, the biggest thing to me is, you know, competition is probably the strongest way we can kind of figure out where our game is and level up. But short of competition, I really think that you know, rolling every round without taking a break is one of the best things we can do. Um, By rolling all the rounds, we get tired, right? And when we get tired, we really see what our strongest and weakest parts of our game are. Or we certainly see what the strongest parts of our game are. You know, and it's not always what we think. That's like the really cool thing about this. That's the really... The really interesting thing about this is maybe you think that the butterfly sweep is like, or the butterfly guard is one of the strongest parts of your game, but then you get exhausted and you're in those last couple rounds and normally you'd have sat out one or two prior and you're just super exhausted. All of a sudden you start going to half guard and clinging on and maybe you get some old school sweeps or some rollover sweeps, some coyote sweeps, and you're like, man, maybe my coyote guard, maybe my half guard is stronger than my my butterfly guard, when the chips are down, this is kind of what my body wants to go to. So, you know, or maybe it is what you thought, you know, maybe you get tired and that butterfly guard is just saving your butt in those last couple rounds. So, you know, it's really great feedback to kind of figure out where your game is. Um, And you can make a lot of adjustments on this, right? Like if you, uh, let's say, let's say you thought butterfly guard was sort of your go-to and then under pressure when you have no physical attributes to rely on, your cardio is fried, your, you know, it feels like there's battery acid in your veins and there's, you know, you can't catch your breath and all of a sudden you're going to half guard, but you're getting some deep half sweeps, you're getting some Homer Simpson sweeps, or you're getting some, you know, old school sweeps. Well, maybe that's something to invest some time in, right? So it can be a good way to figure out what to sharpen up. Like maybe you're like, man, I want to get the stuff that I'm already strong at. I want to get it a little bit stronger. You could also go the other way on it. And maybe you really did want that butterfly guard to be a part of your game, but when you're exhausted and it's just not there, well, maybe it's time to invest back in that butterfly guard a little bit. And then, you know, a few weeks, a month down the road, you get in that same position where you're deep into the rounds, you're super fried. Now, all of a sudden, those butterfly sweeps start happening for you. Those hook sweeps start happening for you. And you know, all of a sudden, that's a really tangible way to 
figure out how much you've improved, right? One of the hardest things with jujitsu is, is figuring out our rate of progress because as we're improving, so is everybody else around us. And it's one of the most frustrating things for people, right? So I've found that by doing all the rounds, getting ourselves really tired, and then using that info to figure out what we should practice, what we should put reps in, what we should put time in, it's a really good way to really measure our progress, right? Because what better way than being super fried and exhausted and still hitting stuff that we've been practicing? It's super, super rewarding. It's also a great way, speaking of rewarding, you know, I see more and more people uh, insecure about promotions, worried about stripes, belts. They want to they wanna impress their coach. They want to level up. Well, one really good way to do that is to just have your coach or your instructor see that you're on the mat. You're the first person on the mat. You're, you're doing the first roll and you're the last person off the mat and you're not taking off any rounds in between. You'd be amazed how many instructors do pay attention to stuff like this. Even if they don't actively pay attention or even if it's not their top criteria for giving stripes or giving belts, we know this. Like, you know, I'm not in a position right now where I'm instructing regularly, but I have done it before and you know, I, I never gave out too many ranks, but it was just always something I sort of did notice. I, I've always kind of noticed who's on the side in the middle of training and who's not. Um, and it's, again, it's not a huge deal, but it is just, it's one extra thing. It's one extra piece of the puzzle. If we think about it, like, training is such a small part of most of our lives compared to everything else that we do. And a lot of schools don't even roll a whole lot, right? So, I mean, no matter how much you roll, it's such a small percentage of everything else. And maybe, you know, I don't know how far you all have to go to class. Some people are really lucky and, and can just go right down the street. But I know a lot of people that travel like, you know, like an hour to get to class. That's a long ways. If you're going to go to the trouble to go to class, it's worth it to do the whole class, I think. I mean... Again, with some exceptions. Another thing we can think about with this is sort of a comparison. So let's say, I mean, a lot of times I don't see people taking more than one round off. But let's say that you and your best friend in class, let's say that you both roll at the end of class, and let's say your school does five-minute rounds. Just a little thought exercise here. If you do every round and your best friend at class sits one five minute round out every night and you each get three classes a week well at the end of a month you've got an hour extra of rolling time than your best friend did you know that time really adds up that's 15 minutes a week 30 minutes every two 45 minutes every three it just piles up and piles up and you people that sit out rounds a lot of times they do this for years and years on end. So, I, I mean, we just did a month there. But you average that out after a year, after two years. I mean, these are tons and tons of hours of rolling that you're getting over many people. Because I would say many people sit out at least one round a night most of the nights that they train. There's another great benefit to rolling every night, and that is the confidence. 
you're going to build so, so much mental confidence and technical confidence knowing that you can hang on the mat the entire time. That no matter who steps out on the mat, no matter who comes out and rolls with you, you're going to be able to give them a competitive role that's going to push them and push yourself. Because your game is going to start to calibrate, right? That's one of the really cool things about this. You're, if you're a front runner or maybe to use a negative term, if you start off really strong and then you kind of get tired near the end of class and maybe maybe you finish out a round or two strong near the end, well, to develop a game that's capable of rolling all the rounds on every class you do, you're going to go through some growing pains and your game is going to adjust and change a little bit and it's going to become... Well, depending on how many rounds you do at your gym, it's likely to become more of a marathon-based game where you are not giving it all at the beginning and then getting super fried and then having to kind of back off. Your game is going to get more consistent through each round. And that's one big thing I've noticed when I've rolled with a lot of the really best people, a lot of the, a lot of the best people that really have made an impression on me over the years when I roll with them is they all have a game that they can play at a consistent clip regardless of how many people they roll with. So if you go to, you know, a seminar with uh, any number of people that will roll with everybody after the seminar is over, if you watch a lot of them roll, you know, they will keep a consistent pace the entire time. And a lot of times it's not breakneck speed. You know, some guys like Hoffa Mendez, maybe you'll see them roll really fast the whole time. But for the most part, people are kind of rolling at like a medium pace. So if you struggle with you know, feeling herky-jerky a little bit or if anyone's ever called you a spaz or if you do some self-reflection and you feel a little bit like you're maybe a bit of a spaz, forcing yourself to roll every single round is a great way to iron some of that out. And the beauty of this approach is you don't have to do much thinking. It's going to, everything is going to become really obvious to you. Your strengths, your weaknesses, it's like shining a mirror to yourself in your game. You're going to get super honest feedback about where you stand and about where your game is. Um, it's just one of the best tools that I've ever come across in my journey over the years. It's, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. I'm obviously proud of, you know, other accomplishments I've had in the art. But just if nothing else, one of the biggest things that gives me a ton of confidence in my abilities is knowing that I can go on the mat anywhere with any group of people and I'll stay on the mat the entire time. You know, it just it feels really good when you finish that. As a as a personal anecdote, a big thing this did for me was this really showed me this tool really showed me that I'm better at leg locks than I thought I was. For a long time I would say, well I just like to use leg locks to sweep and pass the guard, and transition to the back or or chokes or other stuff like that, other upper body attacks. I noticed when I would do marathon rolls or big community open mats where we would all roll for a few hours, I noticed when I would do these events near the end, when I would get really tired, I noticed I started wanting to go to leg lock positions more to pin the hips, to keep control, catch a breather, and then get the submission with those leg locks. So that gave me a really great feedback tool to go, oh, wow okay, I'm better at these leg locks than I gave myself credit for. I'm finishing more of these even when I'm tired. So let me invest some more time in this. I started training with more of my friends on leg locks. I got a lot of help from my friend Corey Wu, 
Um, I got a lot of help from some other guys that train. There's a guy named Jason that helped me out a ton, and I started putting more and more effort into leg locks, and now, you know, I would say it's one of the parts of my game that people are the most surprised when they roll with me. You know, uh, people think that, you know, I do a lot of chokes, and I do, but I do a lot more leg locks than people realize, and a lot of it came from from these marathon rolls and using that as sort of a filter to figure out what I'm good at, what I'm not as good at, and giving me some sparks of creativity and inspiration for things that I should work on. One thing for upper belts is it's just something to keep an eye on, especially if you're running like an advanced class or a competition class. If people start to sit out rounds, it does sort of become a contagious thing. So, you know, I'm fairly laissez-faire with my approaches to training. I kind of think we're all doing this for fun. I'm not a super hardcore discipline guy, but you know, if you do run a program or you do teach, and you do want everybody to sort of um, fall in line, for lack of a better word, or sort of on the same page, or you want to you want to build camaraderie and sort of this idea of we're in this together, we're all working hard to help each other and achieve a goal together. Well, having people sit out roles can sometimes um, not be the best thing if you want uh, to build like a really tough competition team or a really strong advanced class. So that's just something to throw out there too if you're in a position where you're, you're, you know, you're teaching more, you're running classes. Definitely for students of all ranks, of all skill levels. If you don't want to commit to this long term, that's fine too. But for this January, January, February, for a month or two, I would highly advise every time you're in class, especially if you're, if you're, school, if you're at a school that does less than 30 minutes per class of rolling at the end. If you're getting 30 minutes or less of rolling, making sure you hit all of those rolls is going to do wonders to level up your game. And if you're doing less than less than that, if you're maybe at a school where you only get 15 minutes or something like that, try to communicate with a partner and find someone after class that's willing to get a couple extra rounds in with you afterwards. That's another way to sort of push yourself a little bit and make sure you're getting a little bit more rolling time uh, because there's sort of two categories of rolling time. There's rolling time when you're, you know, fully energized and warmed up and, and not fatigued. The rolls you get, it's so cliche, but people will say stuff like, oh, this is the one that counts, or oh, this is when it really matters. You know, when you're gassed, that's when it really counts. You know, but there's a lot of truth to that. And if you can push yourself to getting tired and then rolling through it, your game is just going to skyrocket. I'm coming up on the 15 minute mark on this one. But one last thing uh, I wanted to say that's really helpful about this is, and it sort of ties in with your energy expenditure evening out when I talked about how you're going to develop a pace that's stronger. Well, beyond just a pace, you're going to really start to understand your muscular endurance. So this is especially true for um, techniques that involve a lot of isometric tension, right? This could be you know, basically any chokes or strangles, you know, triangles, rear neckeds, you know, guillotines, darces, anything like that. It's going to come into play uh, on like body lock passes. Um, you know, anything where you have to, you know, keep a lot of tension in your body to make the technique or the movement work. You're going to develop a lot better feel for when to sell out on those positions or when to do just enough, right? A lot of your chokes especially are going to end up less um, squeezy and less 
and a little bit more refined from a positioning and technique perspective because you can't just sell out and squeeze your arms and burn out one or two rounds in and you got a bunch more rounds to go and you just got nothing left in your arms so you're gonna your endurance will improve on its own too like your, your squeezing endurance will improve your isometric tension and muscular endurance will improve but you'll also develop a feel for using less of it and um, that's a really important skill as you develop from like an intermediate into a more advanced grappler so that's another reason there's a ton I'm sure I could go on you know I I touched on all the main things that I have written down here I could go a little bit deeper but I'm really trying to cap these um, these episodes between 15 and 20 minutes for now really make sure people are getting not having to invest way too much time without getting a return on it so you know I wanted to thank everybody for all of the feedback so far it's really been awesome to read some of the nice reviews that I've gotten I've gotten some nice messages on it it really really means a lot I'm glad this has been able to help a few people so far we'll keep this going um, happy new year everybody I really hope that you know 2021 wasn't too terrible for everybody and hopefully 2022 is better for all of us I uh, just wanted to say much love and appreciation to everybody. Thanks so much and have a great one. Bye-bye.